Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to preach a New Year's message today. Uh, New Year without fear. Have you guys noticed there are certain things that just come and they go? I was thinking this morning, uh, you, you all remember iPods? I actually found one the other day in one of my drawers I had stored. And, I, and it, was, it was the latest tech thing at the time, had the smart screen on it. The, how many of you still own an iPod? Anybody? Look at you, a few of you. I think they've actually become so old, they're kind of retro and cool again, if I remember right. You go back a few years beyond that, and um, I was trying to think earlier in the service, um, the little things you put the cassette tape in, Walkman? How many of you ever owned a Walkman? And we look at those things now, it's like, wow. My mom, I actually, when, when we packed up some of her stuff, I, she had a Walkman. My mom had a Walkman. And I can remember she, uh, she told me one time, and she was, she, was having a, she was already at the place where she was struggling with numbers and stuff. And she said, you know, Barry, somebody came and offered me like $300 for that Walkman one day because it's an antique now. And I thought, man, I need to check that out. If that's $300, uh, you sure you don't want to sell that, Mom? I, I don't really know what they're going for. But there are just certain things. They've come and they've gone. Well, one of the things that I, I think is, I know is still around, the company's around, but it's certainly come to mean something different. But if I say the name Rand McNally, what, what does that bring to you guys' mind? Does that mean something to you? Maps, yeah. And I, does anybody... Can you even buy maps in gas stations anymore? I, can you? Because most of us, we just pull out our phone. I, you know, I don't know how I ever got anywhere without my phone. <laughs> I, I just don't. It, plus, it gives me the fastest route, tells me where the wrecks are, tells me where the Starbucks are, all the things that really matter, right? But Rand McNally is a, a map company, um, one of the world's largest and, and apparently one of the oldest, um, one of the most trusted. They're their, their slogan is this, the most trusted tools to discover um, and navigate your world. The most trusted tools, and I guess they've changed it from maps to tools, the most trusted tools to explore and navigate your world. McNally makes maps. Now, if you go back in time a little bit, you go back in time a lot. You go back in time hundreds of years. You go back to the original old map makers, back before the world had all been charted, before the new world was, was even known to be. And, and you look at some of the very old maps, the map makers in those days would, they would draw the map as they knew it to the extent that the world had been explored. And when they came to the end of the part that had been explored, it wasn't uncommon for them to write out beyond that dragons. Seriously, because in their mind, they didn't know what was out there and they were afraid of what was to come and they believed there may be dragons out there. They'd never been there. They didn't know there was anything out there, but dragons was a very real possibility. And I was reading that this, this, uh, this week and I thought, you know, it took me back to The Lord of the Rings, one of my all-time favorite um, books and, and movies, and the dragon, um, the hobbit, smog in The Hobbit, and I'm thinking, you know, I, I don't know exactly when Tolkien wrote that. It was probably the early, early 1900s. Now, surely in the early 1900s, most people didn't believe in dragons. But I am thinking to myself, you know, they were a whole lot closer to the generation that did when we really didn't know what was beyond than we are today. Today, I mean, we've seen the earth from space. 
You, you know, I mean, it's just not, it, it's just, it's known. But in those days, they didn't know what was beyond the edge of the map, and they were fearful. They were afraid they would see a dragon. Now, here's where I, I, I make the connection, folks, with us in the 21st century. We got a new year coming, and, and we don't really know what it's going to hold. And this is what I find out about most people, including myself. Most of us, we're, we're a bit afraid, whether we would admit it or not. Or, and I, it may not be the, the fear of paralysis, but we're all a little bit afraid, a little bit nervous, a little bit consternated by that which we don't know. Anybody? Can I get an amen this morning? Anybody feel this? All right. I, I mean, we just do not like the unknown. It's just a reality. I think it's a human nature thing. We're fearful of the future just like many of them were. And this morning, that's the reason I believe God gave me this message, a new year without fear. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. I want to share this with you this morning. Let me just read this to you. Uh, The author said, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now, obviously, the author of this, his emphasis and his focus was on finances, and it was on money, and it was on the basic needs of life and those type of things. He he says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can be confident to say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? But can I suggest to you this morning that we can take that scripture, legitimately take that scripture and apply it to all parts of our life. I don't know what 2021 is going to hold. Neither do you. If you're a cynic and a skeptic, like my personality leans towards sometimes, uh, you expect an economic collapse. You expect a resurgence in COVID. Right? You expect more violence in the streets. You expect... If you're an optimist, then you know it's all going to be good. It's going to become wonderful. Everybody's going to love one another, and we're all going to sit around and sing, well, I don't know, 30 years ago I'd have said kumbaya, but half of you wouldn't know what kumbaya is anymore, right? Reality is none of us know. We just don't know. But what we do know is the Lord is my helper, and I do not have to fear. I do not have to fear. During World War II, I heard the story. I really do not know if this is a true story, a uh, I, I don't know, but it, it, it's an interesting story. During uh, a period in World War II, a group of friends decided we need to get out of Europe. And the way they were able to do that, it was hard at times to get on a ship, find a ship, book passage on a ship. They ended up hiring themselves out onto a ship that was going to cross the Atlantic. It was an older vessel, and as they got out into the Atlantic, um, the vessel hit a point in time where there was some pretty choppy weather, there was storms, and there was some waves. And these men weren't seafaring men. These weren't people of, that, that had spent much time on a ship, and they were scared for their lives. They really didn't know whether they were going to survive. And they got together, and they huddled together, and they finally sent one man, one representative, to try to get to the captain. And somehow or other, he got to the captain, and he asked the captain, he said, Captain, are, is, is this ship going to be able to make it? Are we going to survive? hoping to get some reassurance. The captain looked at him and he said, well, look, here's the deal. I'm going to be honest with you. The boilers in this ship are extremely old and extremely weak, and they honestly, they could blow up at any time. They may explode at any time. 
He said, but don't worry about that because the ship also is very old and pretty decrepit. And with the waves that are coming in, we just don't know. We're already taking on water and the ship may sink at any time. And the guy's assurance was getting pretty low at that point, right? And the captain finally looked at him and said, look, here's what I can tell you, all right? We may blow up, we may go up, we may sink, we may go down. But regardless, if neither one of those happens, what we are going to do is we're going to keep going forward. Now listen to me, as we step into 2021, we may, we may go up, Jesus may come. I think the church in large part's almost given up on that. They, and I don't, that's not true, not given up on it. We just don't think about it a whole lot anymore. Jesus may come. In which case, we'll all go up and who cares, Right? And it is possible in the world we're living right now, some of us may, could potentially, I pray not, but find ourselves in the grave and we may go down before we go up. What I said earlier may be true. This economy may crash. We may see more violence in the streets. But regardless, my friends, regardless of what comes, here's what I want you to get this morning, regardless of what comes, regardless of what 2021 holds, what we have got to do is keep getting ourselves out of bed in the morning, put our feet on the ground, love our God, love our families, and keep going forward. Amen? We keep going forward. And you say, Pastor Barry, that's great, but you don't understand. I'm just so, there's so much anxiety. You know the, you know the key to the anxiety? Y'all ready for this? Know who your captain is. Our captain's a little bit more optimistic than their captain, right? Know who your captain is. You got, you got face-to-face opportunities with your captain. We don't have to fear. God is in control. God has control. And whatever comes, we are going to go forward. There's another story that um, speaks to the same thing of a shipwreck. This one is true. This one is actually biblical out of Acts 27. And uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, had appeared before Agrippa and had shared his testimony of how he had come to know Christ and met Christ on the Damascus Road. And um, he had been charged. Paul had been inappropriately or or falsely charged. And and finally, uh, he, he pleaded to go to Caesar, and Agrippa decided to send Paul to Caesar to see Caesar in Rome, and even though it was late in the year and it was too late for there to be sea travel, uh, they decided to put Paul on a ship and take him by sea to Rome. And Paul told him, said, don't do this. It's, it's not the season to be traveling the oceans, but, you know, he's a preacher. What does he know? So they went ahead and packed him up, and they, they did it anyway. As they traveled, a great wind blew up, a, a storm of multiple days. They, were, they, just, they had no control. They just had to let the ship float. And, 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 and you can imagine this wasn't anything as big as what I was describing in war, war, World War II. Uh, my wife and I, Ruthie and I, we were out a few years ago out east, and we saw the, uh, oh, what were the, the, the original ships that brought the pilgrims, the Pinta, the, I, I don't remember what they are, the Penta, the Nina, and the Santa Maria. Is that right? I'm going to tell you what. They were barely bigger than rowboats, for crying out loud. Have you ever seen them? Anybody here ever seen them? 
These were really, really small ships. They were bigger than rowboats, but they were really small ships. And I'm thinking, my goodness, how in the world did they ever travel across the ocean in that thing? That's probably the size of ship or smaller that Paul was in. And for days they floated and they suffered and they struggled and they had, I mean, seasick. My youngest son, Austin, he, uh, him, he went on a vacation with his in-laws. Now, I don't know that there was any connection with the in-laws piece of this, but they went on vacation with their in-laws, and one of the things they always do is they go out and deep-sea fish, and Austin got on the boat to go deep-sea fishing with them, and about 30 minutes or an hour out, he got seasick. Have you ever been seasick? It is the, you want to die. I mean, you are praying, Jesus, either come or take me and let me go down and then up. I don't care how it happens. I just cannot live anymore. It, it is the most miserable feeling. If you've ever had motion sickness, seasickness, he was on the boat about an hour whenever the motion sickness hit. They had like seven or eight more hours of going on out into the ocean and deep sea fishing. He said, all I could do, Dad, was I went and found a bench and I curled up underneath the bench on the, on the boat and I, I was sick and I just had to tough it out for seven hours. Wow. I'm, his father-in-law is thinking, that'll teach you, right? That'll teach you to marry my daughter. I don't think that was the case, but Paul and his, his friends were on that boat, and that was the condition that they were in for day upon day. Finally, all hope of being saved was gone, and Paul came from the bottom of the ship and told him that he had heard from God, and there were going to be no lives that would be lost. And then he said something. This is what I, I, I want you to remember this morning. He said something to him. He said, no lives will be, will be lost. We're coming up on land, and I want you to drop. He had them drop, or they dropped four anchors off of the ship to hold themselves in place. Let me, let me read this to you. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of being saved was at last abandoned. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Even the apostle sometimes said, I told you so, right? Um, Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the Lord, of, of God, to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told, but we must run aground on some island. When the 14th day had come, as we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea, about midnight the sailors suspected that they were nearing land, so they took a sounding and found 20 fathoms. A little further on, they took a sounding again and found 15 fathoms, and fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. I really hope 2021 is smooth sailing. And it may be. And it may not. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want to give you four anchors. Four anchors that no matter what 2021 brings into your life, four anchors that will let you stay steady. Four anchors that will hold you. Four anchors that will keep you Four anchor, anchors that will help you not only survive in 2021, but if you'll grab them, they will help you to thrive in 2021. And, and I'm just going to tell you, this is the place where it'd be kind of fun to come up with four brand new, really cool things that I, I could take and, and make into a message, but this isn't them. I'm going to tell you four things that you already know. 
I'm looking around this room this morning thinking there's not a person in this room that if I gave them a pencil and an opportunity, they probably could come up with at least three of the four, maybe all of them. But you know what? Just because we know them doesn't mean we do them. It's, it's like, how many of you have exercise equipment at your house? Nordic tracks, free weights, weight machines, Bowflex. Do you know which of those work? Th thigh master. <laughs> I thought I noticed your thighs were beef beefing up. Do you know which of those work? The ones you use, right? The ones you use are the one. I, it doesn't matter which one you got, whichever one you have. If you actually use it, it'll work. The four things I'm going to give you this morning, they all work, but they only work if you use them. Only work if you use them, even the thigh master. First one's this. Anchor yourself to God's word. Anchor yourself to the word of God. And when I say that, I don't just mean to make yourself, you know, self-discipline yourself to get up and read four verses a day or something like that. I, I mean, read it like you would read a book that you love. Read it and grab a hold of the promises you find in there. I, I was taught this when I was pretty young, and it was probably one of the best things I was taught. You know, we, when you're first saved, you want to open the Bible like you do any other book, and you want to start at the first page. You, you know, if you're OCD like me, you start in the introduction all back in the preface material. Uh, and you read all that, which don't do that. But even if you just, uh, so you start at Genesis 1-1, and you, get, you do okay for a while, and okay, that's, that's good, that's good. And then you hit those begots. And you know if you get through the begots, you must really be saved. <laughs> right? And nobody ever gets through the begots, and it's like, oh man, Jesus, I don't love you anymore. Best advice I was ever getting, given was when you run into those parts that just don't connect, just don't make sense, just, you just can't take it anymore, it's okay to, to skip them. Move ahead. Go read the next story. Let the Holy Spirit point you to a different direction. That's not to say at some point you shouldn't go back and read them as you get older and, and, and have some interest. I mean, there, there's some good stuff in there. I'm not telling you to completely ignore them, but read the Word of God. Anchor yourself to the Word of God. Psalms 119 is one of those anchor verses for me that I ran across as I read the Word of God many years ago, and it goes like this. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I believe that. That's an anchor verse for me. That's a verse that tells me that the Word of God, if I'll read it, I will find things in there about how to deal with life, how to deal with trouble, how to deal with tra trauma, how to deal with people, how to deal with family, how to deal with good, how to deal with bad, how to deal with evil. Right? If I'll read the Word of God, I'll, I'll find out how to deal with good times, and I'll find out how to deal with bad times. If you want to see yourself move forward as we step into 2021, then one of the things you can do is drop the anchor of the Word of God. God, I'm going to open your Word on a regular basis, and I'm going to read it, and I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm going to learn it, and I'm going to grab a hold of the promises, and I'm going to believe them. The Word of God is an anchor. Second one is this. Second one's prayer. Anchor yourself to prayer. Anchor yourself not to just praying, God, I need this and God, I need that. Although our Heavenly Father, like any good father, is, is okay with listening to us say, 
Father, I need this. Father, help me with this. He's okay with that. But like any other father, if the only time he ever hears from you is when you come with your hand out saying, I need $20 for gas, Dad. He's going to love you, but at some point it's going to get a little tedious. Anchor yourself to prayer. Anchor yourself to not just times of saying, Father, I need this. Father, will you work on this? Father, will you fix this? But also times of saying, Father, thank you for just being such a great dad. Father, you're the best. I love you. Father, thank you. Thanks, thank, thank you for the 20. Thank you for meeting the need. Thank you. Anchor yourself to prayer, to time with God. Anchor yourself to the word. Anchor yourself to prayer. In 2021, whether it's good or bad, whether it's up or down, whether it's the rapture or the end, whatever it may be, anchor yourself to the word of God and to prayer, and you will see yourself move forward with some joy in this coming year. Anchors. Luke put it this way when it comes to prayer, but watch yourself lest your hearts be weighed down with dispassionate and drunkenness, dispassion and drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth, but stay awake at all times, praying, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Anchor yourself to the Word of God. Anchor yourself to prayer. The third thing this morning I would encourage you to anchor yourself to is this. Anybody want to guess? Church. Let me just read you a passage. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. This is one that I've anchored myself to for a lot of years. And it goes like this. And let us... Consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And it says this in verse 25, Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let me me put it this way. If you really believe that you're looking out at world events, and you're looking out at, at technology and you're looking out at prophecy, and you're looking out at Scripture, and you really believe that you're seeing that day approach faster and faster, which I think many Christians do, if you really believe that, let me me read that again with that thought in mind, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You know what the irony is? We're, We're living in a day and age with so much connection, so much social media, so much stuff, so and we spend less time together in the house of God than we ever have before. We see the day approaching. We see the day of the rapture coming. We see the day where Jesus will return. We see those things happening. And even as we see those things happening, we find ourselves struggling more and more to be able to be faithful and consistent to coming into the house of the Lord. And it's not a matter of, you know, once a year, we, uh, Assembly of God pastors, we fill out this thing called the ACMR, and it stands for some acronym that I don't actually remember right now, but basically the, the um, national office asks us once a year to just share with them our statistics to let them know how many people have attended church over the course of the year, kids, different ages, and, and just a, a lot of numbers. Can I, can I tell you this morning, I, I, and most pastors I know this are true, this is true of, I could care less about the ACMR or the numbers on there. 
What I care about is you. I don't, I don't say this because I, I want a good report or I want to get kudos or, or I care about you. I, I don't even say this this morning because it's more fun to preach to a full church building than it is to an empty church building. Any of you ever play basketball? Play basketball, you know this to be true. When the crowd is big, the crowd is large, and the crowd is cheering, and the crowd is on your side, it's a whole different experience playing that game than when the seats are empty. It's not that much different with preaching. But that's not why I say that this morning. I say it because I care about you. I care about you. We need anchors. Church is that anchor. Give you the last anchor this morning. comes from Romans 8.28. This is a verse that I think a lot of you have grabbed a hold of over the years. We know for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Sound familiar to anybody? Anybody ever quote that to themselves? I have. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And I put this, I put this in the anchor of faith. If the dollar collapses, if the economy falls apart, if we see another Great Depression, if this nation would end up in a civil war, if China attacks, Red Dawn, only now it's the Chinese, right? How many of you know what that movie? Okay, Jimmy knows that movie. Red Dawn, right? Uh, I'm, I'm being funny now, but although who knows? If Mexico attacks, I don't know, right? If Canada, Canada attacks, I don't know. Here's, here's, here's the thing. Regardless of what happens, there is a peace, there is an anchor that is called faith that allows me to say, God, I don't understand. God, I don't get it. God, it doesn't make any sense to me. God, this is not what I ask for. But I believe in you, and I trust in you, and I know that all things work according to your plan, and your plan is always good. And God, I don't get it. I don't understand. I'll tell you I don't understand. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm broke. I'm hurt. I'm hungry. I'm whatever. But God, here's the anchor of faith, but God, I trust in you. I trust in you. And this year, as we get ready to step into 2021, let us walk in with those four anchors, with the Word of God, and with prayer, and with the church, and maybe more than any others, most of all, walk in with the anchor of faith that God, whatever comes, whether it comes for good or it comes for bad, I believe in, trust in, have confidence in you, God. We struggle sometimes because our timeline, our, our time horizon is too short. You know, when you're little, when you're just a child, your time horizon is pretty much the moment. been watching my youngest grandson, Dempsey. He just crossed the three-month mark, I believe. 
been watching him go from his timeline was literally the instant and, and, and he couldn't see, didn't really see much beyond right here. And, but all of a sudden he's getting alert. And, and I've, I've listened to my wife who's put a, put a lot of time into learning about and understanding the, the heart and the mind of kids talk about there comes a point in a child's life where they no longer cry when somebody leaves them because pri- prior to hitting that point, if, if mom leaves in their world, mom no longer exists. They, don't, they can't make that mental jump that, that just because mom's not in front of them, mom is, is still exists. They, they, it's almost like mom doesn't exist when she crosses a corner or goes around a corner. And, and our time horizon gets broader and broader. As a teenager, you know your time horizon. If you're a really mature teenager, you probably hit a whole week, maybe. <laughs> Y'all have been teenagers. You know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, a very short time horizon. But we as adults, we get that way. Our time horizon, it, it's sometimes a, a month, sometimes a year. You start to hit those 20s and 30s, and you're starting to think about, okay, I better do something for midlife. And you hit those midlife years, and you're starting to think, I, I wish I'd have done more for, for, for retirement. But can I tell you, as a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, you know what your time horizon needs to be? Absolutely, eternity. And here's the thing. When my time horizon is right now, if, if it's right in this moment, if I'm hurting, life is miserable. But if my time horizon is eternity, I still may be miserable in the moment if I'm hurting, but I can take it because I know there's going to be an end to it because I know there's something better coming. And we need to make sure that our faith is in God and his eternity, not in the pleasure or the pain of the moment. Things we can anchor ourselves to as we step into this new year. This Thursday, 1159, in Times Square, something's going to happen. The ball's going to drop, right? The ball's going to drop. The time ball will, for, for, well, I don't know how many times it has happened, but it will drop again. New York actually had their first New Year's Eve gathering in 1904. The first ball dropped in 1907. I didn't know that. It was 500 pounds. It had 125-watt bulbs on it. You couldn't see it from the next block, let alone space. <laughs> but that was the first one. And every year since then, the ball has, the time ball has dropped in New York, except for 1942 and 1943, when we were in the middle of World War II. Those were the two years where, because of the dim outs that were taking place, the time ball did not drop in New York City. But here's what I want you to get this morning. Would you stand? Here's what I want you to get this morning. You know what? Even though the ball didn't drop, time still happened. New Year still came. Now listen to me. I don't know this morning whether you're looking forward to New Year's, you're dreading new, the New Year, or you're just agnostic about it and really don't care. Regardless, it's going to come. And I want you, I want you because I care about you this morning, I want you to anchor yourself to those things that will make it a blessing and not a curse, no matter what it looks like. I want you to anchor to those things that are sustainable through the hard times. I want you to anchor yourself to Jesus. I'm going to ask you this morning if you'd bow your heads for just a moment. I want to bring this to a close, but I want to pray for you and over you this morning. And I want to ask... Is there anybody here this morning would say, Pastor Barry, I really am dreading this coming year. I, there, I just, I have a sense of dread about it. I don't look forward to it. 
I really dread it. I really fear it. If you're here and that's you, I, I want you to slip your hand up. Just be honest. And, and I want to pray for everybody this morning, but especially over you this morning. Anybody this morning? Thank you. Thank you. I want to pray for you this morning, and I want you to pray for one another. So right where you're standing, will you just agree with me in prayer today? Father, we get ready to step into a new year today, or in just a few days, and and probably with more trepidation than we've stepped into a new year in, in a long time. And I pray this morning over this congregation, over these men and women of Souls Harbor, that God, you would bless them, and that you would strengthen them, and you would, you would breathe peace and joy and good things and blessing upon them. And I pray this morning, Lord, whatever this world may bring, whatever circumstance may bring, God, help us to walk through it anchored to these things that you give us, our faith and the word and prayer in each other. And I pray, God, let there be joy. In the storm, let there be joy. In the blessing, let there be joy, because our hope is in you. Father, we love you, and we praise you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hey, listen, if you did not get one of the frankincense and myrrh vials that we passed out on the Christmas Eve service and would like one, they're out on the table in the foyer. You're welcome to take one. Um, You guys have a great new year. All right? Enjoy yourself. And I will see you in 2021. God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.